Hey everyone, and welcome to this edition of Stream On. I'm Jim Williams, your host. Today we're going to talk about college and streaming. Um, much has been in the news recently. Uh, we know that ESPN Plus has a very robust college uh, schedule on their streaming service with, of course, um, done with the Southeastern Conference, the ACC, uh, most recently with the Big 12, among the fact they also have a bunch of you know, non-Power 5 conference contests that they have on, on, the, on, you know, on uh, ESPN+. Plus. They also have the NHL, excuse me, the NHL, the NBA, and um, Major League Baseball. And so I have some NFL contents on there too. So there's a ton of stuff on ESPN Plus. So now that um, the Big Ten deal is done, uh, means Paramount Plus will be carrying some content on the Big Ten, along with um, NBC using Peacock. Uh, Fox doesn't have specifically a, a sports stream situation yet. You know, there are deals that could be made out there. There's a lot of talk about where they might go. Um, that leaves two of the, the key players who have been um, dipping their toe in the water on the college side. Um, that, of course, would be Apple TV and, uh, and Amazon. Both Apple TV and Amazon have been you know, ramping up their own uh, professional side, most recently for Apple Plus, uh, starting here in uh, it's on the 25th of February. They will begin their exclusive um, their exclusive deal with uh, Major League Soccer to be the uh, the distributor of all Major League Soccer telecasts. They have 15 linear broadcasts that is going to be airing on Fox, but and ESPN chose to take a pass on it. So the primary distribution for the MLS is the first network in. North America to make um, a streaming service. Their primary outlet will be at, you know, Apple Plus. And as I said before, it starts in February. Um, we know on the Amazon side that they have done um, some heavy work with the National Football League. They now are the home of Thursday Night Football. They finished their first season, a couple of mixed messages in that first season. Depending um, upon who you look at uh, Nielsen said that they had a 9.25 million people average watch um, Amazon disputes out a bit it says it's a little closer to 11 million um, it's down of course uh, from the linear broadcasts that Fox had uh, of that same in that same time slot uh, so that brings us to what we're talking about today and that is there, the Pac-12 is the only college Power Five conference right now that has a media deal open. My friend and former colleague, when we both were at the Sports Business Journal, John O'Ryan, in his yearly predictions, said that um, Amazon would take the plunge and be the primary in 
a new Pac-10 media, Pac-12, sorry, media deal. Now, that media deal would also, in some way, shape, or form, could have ESPN as a partner, could have CBS as a partner doing the games in prime time on Saturday night for football. But the real takeaway here was that the it would, for all intents and purposes, the Pac-12 could very well be the first Power Five uh, sports conference to have a streamer as their primary tier one rights holder. <clears throat> that deal has not yet come about. Uh, Commissioner George Klyakov is working with his um, partners in the conference to come up with a plan that will be palatable to both um, Amazon and the conference. Now, meanwhile, uh, there's been a lot of shade thrown at um, at the conference for you know stumbling and bumbling their way through this. Some of it's fair. You know, weren't criticized George Akoff on four or five different things. You know, it's fair. Um, but you have to understand something. Much like professional sports commissioners. Roger Goodell, Adam Silver, Rob Manfred, uh, Eric Bettman, you know, Donnie Barber. All these guys work for the owners. It's not that they make decisions on their own. They talk and work with the owners. That's how sports business works. That's what commissioners do. They're paid to basically be the mouthpiece and protect the shield of whatever professional sports that they uh, represent. In college, you have um, commissioners and um, they work with athletic directors. However, they work for college presidents. And there's a whole different vibe between college presidents and what they want and what is wanted or needed by the athletic department. Now, obviously, college presidents take into consideration what athletic departments want, but they don't necessarily have to necessarily agree with what goes on. So there's a lot of moving parts, even under the best of circumstances, to do a, a sports media deal. I've done many of them, both on the professional side with the professional teams, where we've built um, a package and developed that package and with a package on the air, same thing with colleges. So as I say, under the best of circumstances, these things can take time and they also can be more than a bit of a pain to, uh, to pull off. Well, such is not necessarily the case with um, what's going on with the PAC. Well, at this point, because I just lost uh, UCLA and USC, who are now headed out to the big 10. Um, I can honestly tell you in conversations I've had with members of the Big Ten, there's no interest in them adding more teams. So if you're in the Pac-12 and you're worried about Washington and Oregon, Stanford and Cal or whomever, 
pick your pick your two two or four teams heading off to the, the Big Ten. That's not going to happen. It was a very difficult decision for them at the Big Ten to come to the realization that they wanted to invite um, SC and UCLA to become part of the uh, of the conference in large part because the Big Ten and the Pac-12 in variations, obviously starting back in the Pac, going all the way back to 1946, they worked together on a number of, of just athletic endeavors because of course they've shared the Rose Bowl together. But they've also had a number of academic situations where they work together. You can imagine that taking two of the most powerful teams out of the conference did not sit well with the conference and the relationship with each other. So taking more teams out of the, you know, expanding by more, no, the Big Ten is not going to do it. They're done. They've got Los Angeles taken, so that gives them the number two media market in the country. So that leads us to where, what we're talking about today. Look, rather than me sitting here and speculating on what type, what deal Commissioner Klyakov to make on and other partners would be a fool's errand, okay? I, I've done it for 40 years. This is one of those things where you just do not have enough data to pull it together and to decide. I will say this. I know that the PAC-12 network is under um, some serious situation. It has to do with management. Okay? Now, back a couple of years ago when I was writing a Sunday column for the San Francisco Examiner, I did a deep dive into PAC-12 network. Not specifically on how it was run, but how much content and the quality of that content that they generated. And I can honestly tell you, that they produce over 800 live broadcasts every year, and the quality is fine. Okay, that that's a value to an Amazon. Affixing a price to that is where things begin to to get a little, you know, wacky. Okay, so you know, there's as I said, there is value in the pack. 10 right now because two teams have gone. Whether they expand, which I assume they will, and how and where they do that, that's all up in the air right now. So there's a lot of uncertainty. But I've seen many people there on, on the path. Well, rest assured that one of the biggest misconceptions in all of sports is that Athletics make money. Okay. There are probably less than 30 universities in this country that actually make money in their athletic department. And so some of these major conferences where there's big TV money, be it the Big Ten, Southeastern Conference, the ACC, the New Deal that was just done between the Big you know, the, uh, the 12 and ESPN and Fox, all of that, right? Believe me, that money helps. There is no doubt 
that that money helps. But even in those Power Five conferences, you're going to see that there are athletic departments that simply aren't making money. Okay. There's a lot of moving parts in here, as I said before. There's a lot of things to take into consideration on what makes money, what doesn't make money, selling tickets, getting people in there to the Olympics, push the travel, everything that goes into that, all of that is part of what we're going to talk today about, which is more of a look at what's going on, both on the streaming side, a little bit on what's going on with the Pac-12, and in college in general. I mean, streaming is going to put money in college, into college as an investment. They're not the panacea, and they're not going to save college from itself. So today, we have the pleasure of bringing to you probably one of the foremost authorities on college sports, and that's Andy Zimbler. Now, Andy is the is an economist. He is a sports economist. He is the Robert A. Woods Professor of Economics at Smith College. And without question, you know, we're talking about someone writing the book on college sports. Well, Andy's written 28 books on college sports. And uh, more than a few of them have been about what college sports does right and what college sports does wrong. And uh, Andy, uh, great to see you. Let's talk a little bit about the Pac-12 and what's going on right now with regard to um, their media rights, because it is definitely a very interesting opportunity. That $64,000 question. Uh, it's, it's clear that Pac-12 is greatly diminished and debilitated as a result of the, the exit of USC and UCLA. Uh, they no longer have Los Angeles, which is the second largest media market in the country, and rather a sports crazed area. They no longer have that in their media market. Uh, it's unclear exactly uh, how they plan to replace USC and UCLA. Um, as such, it's, it's hard to assess their, their future economic viability. Uh, they have a lot of challenges. I mean, the point right now uh, is, is, is a perilous one, uh, even if they had UCLA and USC. Most, most of the, the universities in the Pac-12, when you do the accounting properly and fully, are losing tens of millions of dollars a year in their athletic departments. And, you know, this is at the same time that, that uh, college tuitions are exploding and, and athletic fees are exploding on the students. And there are more and more demands on, on state legislatures to, to subsidize uh, the college programs. Uh, so they start at a very difficult point, and it's just made all the more difficult uh, with, with this exodus. And of course, college, college athletics these days is in a state of, of utter confusion and, and flux. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, there are questions about what's going to happen in various court cases that are currently being heard. Uh, there are questions about what, if anything, the, the U.S. U.S. Congress is going to do. There are questions in the, in the state of California and other states about what state legislatures are going to do. Um, and, and we're really at an inflection point here because, you know, we're, we're, sitting, we're, we're sitting at the, at the tip of 
moving in one direction and, and we have the, the amateur model and, and, and tilting in the, in the other direction and having pay for play. Uh, these are major, major issues in, in the organization and essence of what college sports has been in the United States. On top of all of that, you, you have a, a technological revolution going on that, that's quite clear to anybody whose eyes are open. Um, you know, first, first of all, we have the Gen Z generation, people born in the late 90s uh, in, into race, basically the end of the 2010s. Believe it or not, Gen Z generation people are spending less than one hour a day watching television. That's, that's by far and away the lowest of, of any of the demographic groupings. Um, and when, even when they spend, it turns out that most of them, according to the research that's been done, most of them are watching that less than one hour of television at the same time that they're browsing the Internet on their cell phones or, or their iPads. Uh, so this, it's, it's a very, very different world going forward. Uh, we also have, of course, streaming is replacing cable. Uh, cable. Cable for many decades provided a guaranteed fee to the broadcaster who in turn provided a guaranteed fee to the conferences or, or to, to the individual teams. Uh, that world is fading very, very rapidly. Uh, and now you have to only sell, you can only sell the sports fans when the cables, the old cable system worked to the extent that it's still working. Uh, you know, people who didn't care about sports or didn't want to watch sports on television, they were paying for it in their cable package. Uh, now you've got to, sell directly to people who want to buy it to see what you're what you're putting on. Um, and, and so that's 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 a revenue challenge. The other thing that's a major challenge is that we have been in a frenzy over the last at least five years, perhaps 10 years, amongst the the, the new streaming companies uh, trying to get into the sports world. Obviously, sports programming has been very valuable uh, over, over time and, and, and until recently getting more and more valuable. Uh, and so you have more and more companies like Paramount Plus and like, like Amazon, like Netflix, um, uh, like many others who are thinking, well, our future is going to be to compete against the old giants, against the NBCs and Fox and ESPN, and they want to get into the world. So what we've had over the last five years is these, uh, these new, new companies bidding to get into the sports world and bidding up the, the rights fees because there's been more competition. But we all know that these deals in and of themselves have not been profitable uh, and that the, the, the streaming companies are, are making making a play to become known as the next ESPN or the ESPN on streaming rather than on 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 linear television. Um, and when when that play is over, we're going to see consolidation because these the, the streaming companies are not going to be able to afford the rights fees and, and other programming fees that they're paying. They're going to have to consolidate. There's going to be a consolidation, uh, and that means there'll be less bidders, and that that provides a downward uh, impetus to uh, right. Also, know even even before this, the streaming wars began, that there had been a downward decline in ratings for 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 college sports. So there are a lot of things going on here that uh, all, in my view, all impact uh, very negatively on the future of rights fees and create a tremendous amount of uncertainty. Uh, you know, if you if you say to, if you say to a conference, we'll give you two hundred million dollars a year this year, and we'll see what we pay you next year. Uh, that's not worth as much as if the company says, oh, we'll give you two hundred million dollars a year for the next five years. Uh, and and that's the, basically the situation that the Pac-12 will be in. Uh, they're they're going to face a lot of uncertainty. 
um, and, and, and the companies that broadcast them are also going to face a lot of uncertainty because as, as far as I think any rational person can tell, uh, the, the rather uh, secular trend towards decreasing ratings is, is, is going to continue uh, for the foreseeable future. So when, when this bidding war amongst the streaming companies uh, diminishes or, or indeed when it ends and when the consolidation begins, I, I think one of the forces that has been boosting the rights fees over the last 10 years is, is going to disappear. So I, I think it's a very problematic situation going forward. Let's talk about the Drake Group, which you're president of. So the Drake Group is an organization that was started in 1999 by college faculty around the country who felt that uh, that college sports was not fulfilling its mission or that colleges themselves weren't fulfilling their mission by accepting the over-commercialization of college sports. And when it gets over-commercialized, of course, what happens is, is that the decisive factor becomes money rather than education. Colleges are supposed to be about education education. And, and so what, what's really happened, it goes back to the first college uh, competitions in, in the end of the 19th century, but it accelerates throughout the throughout the 20th century and into this century. What happens is that colleges make decisions based upon what's going to generate them or what they think is going to generate the most money for them and not what is in the best interests of, of the athletes themselves. Um, and, and so you have a situation where uh, only it's less than 2%. I think the number is 1.6% and 1% of college basketball and football, men's, men's basketball and football players play a single game. So it's less than 2% ever play a single game in the NFL or NBA. More than 98% will never play in the NBA or an NFL. And they are uh, graduating from college in large numbers. 2% of men's basketball uh players don't graduate in six years from college. They don't get a college degree. And in large part, that's because what's happening is the, the, the commercialization is, is that colleges have developed a strategy of special admits. Uh, if somebody's a good high school football or basketball player, they'll get into practically any college of their choice. They're not adequately prepared. Uh, the colleges don't uh, put the resources in to prepare them before they come to the college. Uh, and the coaches are making them spend 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, depending on the school and the coach and the sport uh, on, on football or on basketball, which are not only it's time consuming, but it's exhausting. Uh, how do these people who are unprepared for college in the first place and, and then have to spend that amount of time and energy on their sports? How do they succeed? And the answer is they're not succeeding and colleges aren't doing enough to remediate uh, the situation. Uh, so the, the Drake Group has, has been paying attention to that dynamic and, and arguing for a, uh, a reinvestment in the educational process, which is what this is all supposed to be about, uh, and a de-emphasis on those factors that, that corrupt college sports. And we have been working very closely over the last several years with many, many members of Congress and their staffs uh, trying to help them craft legislation that would... Uh, Re reset the course of college athletics. Let's talk about NIL and uh, what uh, the pitfalls are there in college. Quite a few issues. With I'm, NIL. I'm sorry, Jim. I didn't. It didn't come through clearly. Okay, uh, just the NIL situation. We've got a very interesting thing there. <laughs> well, what you know? What's happened? That, and I, I'm sure your listeners are well aware of this. What's happened since July 1st of 2021 is that uh, the NCAA has accepted name, image, and likeness payments from third parties. 
and the way the NCA framed it, then this was after state legislation had passed and, and uh, the Alston case was, was being adjudicated uh, and had been, and had been final, the final decision had come from the Supreme Court. It's very clear that uh, there was a direction that said many of the old restrictions that the NCA imposed on college athletes, such as not being able to receive name, image, and likeness or NIL payments from third parties, that they were overly restrictive. And they were treating college athletes less fairly than they were treating students uh, in other fields. Uh, and so since July 1st of 2021, uh, NIL payments from third parties uh, have been legitimated. Uh, the, the catch here is that the NCAA said, okay, we'll go along with that. And we'll go along with the NIL payments uh, because they're coming from third parties and not coming from universities. So that doesn't change the student teacher relationship that an athlete has, college athlete has with the university, doesn't turn them from a student into an employee because it's coming from outside, like from Nike or from local car dealerships or from wherever. Um, so the NCA said, fine, we'll go along with it, but it has to be a situation where the, the college athlete is being paid fair market value. In other words, they can't, when, when the college athlete is going to a car dealership and signing autographs for one hour on Sunday afternoon, you can't give them a million dollars for that. That's not fair market value. That's doing something else than payment for the NIL. That's saying, the car dealer saying, oh, I'm a big fan of the football team and I'm going to pay this guy to come here. Uh, so that's number one, you have to pay fair market. And number two, it can't be used for inducement. You can't, the university or the athletic director or the the coach of the team can't go to a high school recruit and said, hey, we've got this car dealer who's going to give you a million dollars if you come to Wisconsin or if you come to LS, LSU or whatever it might be. Uh, so that's the second thing. Uh, it can't be for inducement either to get somebody to come to your college or get somebody to remain at your college. Um, and so the NCA imposed the, at least in theory, imposed these restrictions on NIL. Uh, but, but they didn't implement them because, number one, they don't really have the resources to check up and, and, and enforce it. And number two, they've been losing all of their court cases. And some of them cost tens of millions or even $100 million and up. Uh, and the NCA doesn't want to impose new restrictions that will bring antitrust suits against them. And so what's happened with this NIL stuff is that we're basically on the precipice of full pay for play. Uh, it's 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 been it's been corrupted uh, beyond all all imaginable outcomes, and uh, in that regard, uh, the the mission of the Drake Group uh, has not been successful in in the last couple of years. The Drake Group is is very supportive of NIL payments if they're coming legitimately from third parties, um, and that that is not being enforced. But what we have done and what we are doing is we're talking to a number of people on both sides of the aisle in Congress who have a similar view and, and who believe that uh, college athletes have been mistreated uh, and they've been exploited. And by the way, the majority of them who are being taken advantage of are, are athletes of color. Uh, so something has done about that, but it's something can be done about it without surrendering the, uh, the, the student athlete model that has tried to uh, since 1905 when the NCAA was created. Andy, thanks a lot. You got uh, 28 books, as I said before. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you, as always. Look forward to doing it again soon. All the information on Andy and his books are in the show box below. Andy, have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for being with us today. In part, Great, Jim. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Take care. So, Andy Zimblis.
is, there we go. Didn't want to stick Andy there. Um, Andy Zivilis gave a lot of information that we, we definitely need to know. All of the information that uh, about the Drake Group, which Andy is the president of, and also all the research that we talked about today is in the show box below. Be sure to check it all out. Be sure to, to um, do your own research. And if you're a, a fan of a specific college or university, um, and you want to know, you know, is my team, is my athletic department, you know, solvent? Are they making money? Are they doing the right thing by the, by the athletes? Do a little research, okay? Uh, it's a very interesting topic. It's a topic that we could probably do three hours on. We were very fortunate to have Andy here today. As I said, look, look uh, at the books. I've got five of my favorite, so if it's 28 books, in the show box below. You can get his books uh, at Amazon or wherever you get books. By all means, check them out. And, uh, and as you say, do a little sleuthing on your own part. Uh, it's a college sports is a business. You cannot get away from that fact. Uh, in some cases, it's a business well run. In some cases, it's not. And uh, if you're someone who's a big sports fan and a big college fan like myself, you pay attention to it and you see who's doing it right. And when you see somebody who's doing it wrong, you know, you call them out for it. Okay. So for those of you out there who in some way, shape or form, uh, have been tossing shade at, um, as a pac 12 because, you know, all hell's broken loose and they're not running the show right. Um, be sure to check your conference and your schools to make sure, um, you're not throwing, you know, rocks at glass houses. All right. Okay. So anyway, next time I see you next week, uh, we have John Beard. John's an outstanding director. Uh, he's got a new movie coming out on uh, Apple TV Plus. It's called Tetris. And he's done spectacular work uh, on, on Britbox. He's got three, two or three shows on Britbox right now as well. So John Baird, our guest next week on Stream On with Jim Williams. Until then, everybody, it's been fun talking to Andy. Been fun talking about uh, sports this week. We will be having more sports as we get closer to the Super Bowl. Rich Eisen, our buddy from uh, NFL Network, will be here and his own show on Roku, which is on five days a week. We'll have some folks from CBS. So we'll have plenty of stuff having sports related uh, as we go into uh, the upcoming um, countdown to the Super Bowl. Okay. So, uh, by the way, uh, this weekend, uh, obviously, is the NFL uh, championship weekend, and uh, the game will be um, the NA, I'm sorry, the AFC championship between Kansas City and uh, Cincinnati will be streamed on um, will be streamed on um, on, on Paramount Plus. Uh, as for the um, 49ers and the Eagles game, um, if you want to watch that. Uh, you're going to need to go into uh, take a seven day trial with uh, with YouTube TV or with um, Hulu and uh, Hulu TV Plus. 
those would be your best bets. Take a seven-day trial. Watch TV. Watch whatever else you can you might enjoy on their streaming services. And um, you, know, you may find out that that's something that you want to keep. Okay, so you can do it. You can do it for free. Just sign up for a free trial. Uh, you need the Fox television station to watch it, so sign up, get a free trial there. Uh, you can also do it at uh, NFL Plus. You want to stream there. Uh, you can buy or take a, um, a trial there. So either way, you're going to watch it. Okay. So again, special thanks to Andy Zimbalist for joining us today, and looking forward to having John Baird talking about his new movie on Apple Plus called Tetris coming in. You know, the not too distant future actually coming. All right, all right. Until then, everybody have a wonderful day. A wonderful, safe weekend. I'm Jim Lynch. Take care, and we'll see you very, very soon.